0: Turn those dials, calibrate those sensors, and don't forget, you've gotta hit 88 miles an hour. Welcome to Breaking the Space-Time Continuum. I'm Claire Beck, your resident sci-fi and time travel nerd. This is a podcast about time travel and how it's represented in books, movies, TV shows, games, and more. Every week we'll talk about the plots, the tropes, the intrigue, and what has made us obsessed with the idea of traveling through time over the past hundreds of years. I'm glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Breaking the Space-Time Continuum. I'm your host, Claire Beck, your resident science fiction nerd, and I'm really excited to be here because I have chosen... One of my favorite movies to talk about for this week's first episode. And it's a movie that no one really talks about that much, which baffles my mind because I feel like this movie deserves to be talked more and I feel like it deserves to be in the spotlight. And the movie I'm talking about is a small, low budget crime thriller, plus family drama, plus time travel drama, and everything all wrapped up into one. And this movie is called Frequency. This movie is all about the butterfly effect. The butterfly effect, meaning one small change creating a massive ripple effect through the timeline that affects things that you never even expected it to affect. And this movie's method of time travel is so unique to me. I feel like I've never seen a movie tackle time travel in this specific way before. So people don't time travel in this movie. Information travels through time. The inciting incident happens between our two main characters, Frank Sullivan, who's a father to his son, John Sullivan. Frank Sullivan's a firefighter. He's tough he's manly, he wears a leather jacket, he wears sunglasses, he rides a motorcycle. In the past, his son's just a little boy, barely even old enough to learn how to ride a bicycle. That's in 1969. But jump 30 years in the future to 1999, and it feels like everything has changed. John Selvin, the little boy, is 36 now, and he's a deadbeat. He's depressed. He's an alcoholic. He breaks up with his girlfriend, to be more specific, his girlfriend leaves him, and it's implied to be his fault. And he works as a cop. How the time travel works in this movie is that John, in the present day, in 1999, finds an old ham radio that used to belong to his father. And he sets it all up, he gets it all working again, he plugs it in, and then suddenly he hears the voice of his father, He's 30 years younger father coming out of this ham radio then the movie cuts and then we see frank sullivan the father in 1969 listening in to his ham radio and all of a sudden he he hears this the voice of his son john sullivan but 30 years in the future he's listening to his son speak from 1999 so this is the crux of the story this is the main incident We've got two main protagonists who are communicating with each other in real time, but they're each 30 years apart from one another. The main conflict of the movie is thus. Frank, the father, is dead in the present day. In 1999, Frank is no longer alive. And from Frank in the past's point of view, in 1969, John tells him that his date of death is the day after the day in which they're speaking with one another. So Frank basically has a double whammy. He gets told that apparently he's talking to his son from the future. And that also, he's supposed to die tomorrow. And John, the son, is pleading with him. He's... He's trying to convince his father that he's telling the truth and that he's going to die tomorrow in a horrible firefighting accident. He's going to die trying to save someone from a burning building and the building is going to collapse on him. But if he does this one specific thing differently, he might live. The son is pleading with the father saying, please do this, please. You have to believe me. You have to live. I don't want to see you dying anymore. And the father doesn't believe him. The father is in disbelief. The father thinks he's talking to a crazy person that somehow knows his full name and the names of his family members and the name of his six-year-old child, and he angrily hangs up the ham radio call and storms away. The next day occurs. All of the events play out the way they're supposed to. Frank the dad finds himself in the same factory that his son warmed him the fire would be in. And the reason Frank starts to believe that his future son might be telling the truth is that his future son told him the results of a past baseball game. So future John tells past Frank these, the details of an upcoming baseball game. Down down to the specific pitches and throws and, and how each point is earned. And the next day as Frank's in the fire station getting ready to depart to this factory that he is foretold to die in. He watches a baseball game on the TV and sees all of the same plays that his son predicted. Then as events unfold, the father saves himself. He does the one thing differently and saves his life. And all of a sudden he doesn't die in this firefighting accident. Meanwhile, John in the future the John in 1999 undergoes this crazy psychological event where his, his past and his present and his memories change to accommodate the new future that has been created thanks to his dad's survival all of a sudden he gains all these new memories that are like directly inserted into his brain by the cosmos. Like he gains new memories of himself growing up with his dad, the dad that he never had growing up. He imagines like his dad seeing him off to college. He imagines his dad celebrating at like his job promotion. He imagines him and his dad like riding the bicycle and playing baseball. And all of these things that never would have happened if his dad stayed dead. But his dad is no longer dead. His dad survived the accident and lived for an extra 20 years before he eventually died of natural causes. Lung cancer due to the cigarettes he's been smoking. So in 1999, Frank is still dead, but he lived a heck of a lot longer than he used to john has an extra 20 years of memories with his father basically shoved into his brain and all of a sudden he's really like confused and disoriented and he's stumbling around because he suddenly has the memories of two separate lives inside of his brain he has the memories of when his father was dead and those are conflicting with the new memories he just obtained of his father still being alive for an extra 20 years so, of course, he tells his father right away. He goes back to the ham radio and he says, like, Dad, like, like you, we changed the the past and the present and the future together. And they're so amazed. They're so ecstatic. And John is so grateful that he gets this extra time to talk to his dad. And they just talk about everything together. And it's just it's this really heartwarming moment of a dad reconnecting with his child But through time travel, they're both 30 years apart from one another. But this movie is about the butterfly effect. So something has to go wrong. The thing that goes wrong is that because John's dad lived, John's mother never took a day off from work to grieve and attend the funeral, which means his mother still attended her job, which is working at a hospital. Her mother attended her job, where in which she fell into the eyesight, she fell into the line of sight of a serial killer that targets nurses at her hospital. And she's a nurse. And in the timeline where Frank is dead, she never came to the hospital that day, which means the serial killer never saw her and never decided to kill her. But now, in the new 1999 that has been created, John's mom died at the hands of a serial killer who saw her enter the hospital and decided to make her his next target. Now, John's a cop. He's used to solving these kinds of cases. But now, as he comes into work in this new 1999, he learns that not only was his mother a victim, that this serial killer has... 10 additional victims that they have killed that they did not kill in the old 1999 timeline where Frank was still alive. So saving Frank's life inadvertently through the butterfly effect created a situation where a serial killer saw John's mom, killed John's mom, and then felt emboldened enough by that murder to commit 10 more john is racked with not only grief but guilt he feels as though he did this that it's his fault that 10 people are dead because of this 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 crazy butterfly effect so him and his father derive a plan to become detectives time travel detectives working 30 years apart from one another Since John's in the future, he has all of the police records of all of the victims that have been killed by the serial killer. Victims that are still alive in Frank's time in 1969, which means that Frank can use the information from these future police reports to figure out when, where, how these people are killed and try to prevent their deaths. So he does just that. He prevents one of the victim's death which is then reflected in the future by that victim's case report suddenly ceasing to exist. That case report doesn't exist anymore in the future because that person's still alive, thanks to the events of Frank's actions in the past that saved them. There's another crazy moment where Frank the dad obtains the fingerprints of the killer on an object. John wants to see that object in his time in the future so he can run an advanced computer analysis and try to find the fingerprints. So he tells Frank to leave the object in the house in a well-hidden place that no one will touch for 30 years. So Frank places the object underneath like a cracked floorboard in the kitchen and he places it there And then suddenly in the future, John races to that same floorboard in that same house, pries it up. And there's the object that's been sitting there for the past 30 years because Frank put it there 30 years ago. And it's just it's so crazy, like how the time travel in this movie works like that. And I don't want to spoil the ending of the movie because the ending of the movie is a culmination of all the events that transpire all of the detective work that transpires in this movie but I will tell you one thing it ends in a crazy action scene where Frank and John are both fighting someone 30 years apart and Frank's actions in his fight suddenly affects the actions of John's fight 30 years ago because they're fighting in the same location, the house. And it it just it's just so cool. This movie got pretty great reviews, but it didn't do very well at the box office. And this is why I think so. This is a very nerdy concept. Time travel is a very nerdy concept. Like I feel like this plot would not be out of place on a Star Trek episode. But these protagonists are in like not nerds they're manly firemen and cops the movie has an air of like american like 60s-esque americana um one of the john is pressured to married to become married he's pressured to have kids he plays baseball and listen to rock and roll i mean the movie takes place half of the movie takes place in the 60s there's a nuclear family element to this movie. So this movie has both like a nerdy niche time travel, crazy like convoluted time travel plot, but also it takes place in a contemporary Americana setting with a nuclear family and some, f- some conservative values here and there. And so it feels like it's clashing these two worlds and tones together that makes it hard for this movie to find an audience, which is maybe why I think that this movie is not really talked in in many modern like sci-fi nerd culture circles. So I wish more people knew about this movie because it's so cool and I've never seen any other movie tackle subjects quite like this before. The action's great. The actors are amazing. They have to work extra hard to convey their emotions since John and Frank are never in the same physical space as one another. They're always just talking on the ham radio. I give this movie 9 out of 10 DeLoreans because it just completely captivates me. I've seen it multiple times before, I saw it again to make this podcast, and I was still on the edge of my seat, even though I pretty much already knew what was going to happen. But at the end of the day, this is not a nerdy sci-fi time travel movie even though it does have nerdy sci-fi time travel aspects. At the end of the day, this is just a movie about the bond between a son and a father, and how it feels to talk to a family member who you never thought you'd ever talk to again. Thanks for joining us this week on Breaking the space-time Continuum. I'm Claire Beck, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. And you can follow the show on social media. I'd love to see your comments, and please feel free to leave suggestions for other media you'd like to hear on the show. See you next week on Breaking the Space-Time Continuum.